Do you guys like fall? I love it. I'm a friend of fall. But some people get seasonal depression. Sometimes October rolls around and people are not into it. I mean, October isn't the worst. It's December and January. I think it gets real bad. The jolliness of Jesus Christ's birth doesn't make you happier in December. That doesn't make you happy. The thought of a little baby Jesus sitting in a pig kibble bowl. (laughs) Eat around him. Eat around him, piggies. That always Frightens my spirit. Pigs are cannibals, too, I heard from two people I do a podcast with. Uh, so why did they do that to baby Jesus? So I, baby Jesus. I mean, pigs will eat up a human body real quick. Yeah. Yeah. They'll eat anything. Bones and all. That's why Dorothy was so freaked out in that scene in Wizard of Oz. I never knew what the whole hubbub was about in that scene. I was like, are you really this delicate and affected Dorothy? She has that scene where it's before she goes to Oz. They're like, feed the pigs, Dorothy. And she goes out and she gets knocked down by one of them and she's like, oh! Oh no! Oh! Oh! And I'm like, (laughs) Are you kidding me? It's just because the pigs are just like walking around her. But maybe she was right to freak out. Have you seen Hannibal, Dylan? No, and I'm never going to. Well, a guy that Hannibal mutilated devises to get revenge by training a bunch of pigs to eat humans. And then he's like, I'm going to have these pigs eat Hannibal. (laughs) The ultimate revenge. Well, there's a horrifying piggy antagonist in a recent work uh, titled The Muppets. What is her name? Let me look it up. Hold on. Please. Must be tough to remember. Denise. Y'all know about Denise? (laughs) Kermit got a new girlfriend named Denise, and she has got a snatched eye, and she is so mean. I'm trying to find the Game of Thrones actress that this pig looks just like. (laughs) Oh, she does look like Lady Marjorie. Yeah, yeah, Natalie Dormer. That's so (laughs) mean. I feel like that comparison has been made, too. Oh, it has to have been. I think this pig was based off Natalie Dormer. That is so mean. Why? (laughs) I'm not saying Natalie Dormer is an attractive person. In my time on this earth, I've learned not to compare women to pigs is just a general good rule of thumb. (laughs) But then you've got a pig like Denise, who's empirically like the hottest pig. And Uh it's like, is that okay? Do I compare a lady to the hottest (laughs) pig ever? I don't know. My mom has always had the nickname Piggy because when she was a kid, she loved the Muppets and she specifically loved Miss Piggy. Okay. So it became her nickname was Piggy. That's cute. It's pretty adorable, right? Well, when my mom was very pregnant with her first son, my oldest brother, she went to the hospital to visit my dad who is just getting out of knee surgery. Oh, rough timing. Yeah, right? And she's going into the uh, room where he is like coming out of anesthetic and the nurse is there and my dad sees my mom and goes, oh, hi, Piggy. <sighs> and the nurse slaps my dad what? full what? force huh? across the face and says, I'm so sorry, it's just the medication. <gasps> Talking about my dad. Oh my and my God. mom's like, no, no, it's a family nickname. <laughs> but I think sucks. my parents always had respect for, and you gotta have respect for this nurse who is just ready to pop off on a bitch if something ain't right. <laughs> so this is gonna be pretty challenging. Okay, let's get you ready for your wedding. Up and up. My job to give 100%. It's important for us to pause for a moment. Okay. Okay. 
Podcast, the only podcast that's the water nymph in your time stream. I'm lifestylist and lifestyle expert Camden Johnson. I'm here, Marty. I'm here in the future, Marty. Low rise flare jeans are back in style, Marty. My name is Dylan Bragasa. <laughs> uh, don't let time travel you. You travel time. I was gonna do it back to the future. <laughs> I can't now. So. That's my uh, saying. It's Rylan. Hey. Rylan, please do your back to the future thing. Uh, and it was something like back to the f- whatever. It's not good. It's not good. It's no, Rylan. No, no, no. Let's draw this out. I want to hear it. <laughs> don't don't travel unless time permits. Mm, Rylan. Good. The Life Pile podcast is the podcast for people who step off the designated path in the ancient Critetius period and step on a butterfly and therefore destroy the timeline. Every week we review some of the hottest lifestyles to live. This week reviewing lifestyles all about everyone's favorite kind of travel, time travel. That's right. This week it's a tinkle in time, 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 time. Well, before we review time travel and lifestyles, we are going to do a little on-air lifestyling for you, our audience. And if you ever need some lifestyling, you can call us at 720-663-8163, or you can send us a text message there as well. Of course, you can always email us at lifepileshow at gmail.com. Let us know what lifestyles you're living. We'll do some lifestyling for you. Tell you whether you should live it or leave it. But before we get into that, do we have any corrections this week? Hmm. We did toys last week. I don't. I don't. I don't. Stretch Armstrong was hard. That's it. That's all I That's got. That's it. Yeah, I think we did a perfect show. Another yeah. perfect show. Count it. Well then, since there's no corrections, let's get the latest news by jumping into the bullpen. Thanks, Cam. I'm, it's Ryland here. I'm up here reporting in northern Minnesota. And I gotta tell you guys, you thought birds were bad? Well, guess what? They just got worse. There are drunken birds everywhere. They're flying into windows, into cars. Uh, I guess they got some uh, some berries or something that made them go drunk. And it's really annoying. So watch out for those birds in northern Minnesota. I love the phrase going drunk as if these birds are going super <laughs> saiyan. <laughs> so they had some bad berries? No, and no, no, no. It's better than that, you guys. Ants create this acid in their body. And during mating season, a whole bunch of male and female ants fly up into the air on wings to do their mating dance. So there's huge clouds of these mating ants, which are a great target for birds to swoop up and eat up while they're up there in the air. Problem is, they eat so many of these ants that they actually get drunk on the acid that the ant body produces. And it leads to drunk birds every time ant mating season comes around <laughs> you're saying that this happens just everywhere that birds are just always fucking drunk and that's why they're annoying well specifically ants have mating seasons so it's only during these seasons where a mass number of colonies are all having their mating time at the same time that's when you end up with some drunk birds so the story here is folks not crazy that birds are drunk because apparently they're drunk all the dang time the story is that it was wine this time <laughs> <laughs> what part of the nation was this again Ryland? uh this was northern minnesota 
And they did say they did say it wasn't or the police at least thought it was because of berries that have fermented earlier this year because of an unusually early frost. Uh, but it could have been ants. Maybe the, the cops are wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. Am I right? <laughs> I love that someone called the cops on birds in general. Nine one one. I got a bunch of bad birds birds hanging out in my neighborhood they're causing trouble that would freak me the fuck out do you ever think about all the animals we're constantly surrounded by that we don't think about because they just leave us alone and or are terrified of us i.e squirrels i'm talking about fish sometimes yes. birds yes. it's like yes. they could fuck up our shit if they all decide to get on the same page Oh, that would be so annoying. That would be so annoying if all these <laughs> things started trying to attack us. It'd be more than annoying. Have you seen a <laughs> little documentary film when this happened and Alfred Hitchcock was there with a camera to tell us what the events were? <laughs> uh, something killed a squirrel outside of my sister's yard the other day. And it's crazy because she goes out, she hears licking and her dog is barking. And then in the morning she goes and she looks and there's a squirrel's head and the lower half of its body. And that's it. And squirrels go to bed. So something went to a, a squirrel bedroom and dug it out and then ripped its head off. What the hell is going on out there? Ooh, that's freaky. Scary. sounds like yeah. a mini chupacabra, a chupa, a chup, chupalita. Chupaquito. A little chupaquito. A little chupaquito. Oh, I love the name Chupaquito. Chupaquito. I would. Can you. You know Paris Hilton would have a Chupaquito in her purse. Oh, you're. It's going to be the new hot pet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so in summation, Minnesotans don't go outside (laughs) ever. My favorite part of this is the National Park Service Ranger Sharon Steitler saying drunk birds are totally a thing. <laughs> that is her quote. <laughs> that is an official statement. Oh my god, it is so weird because in our whole political situation right now, the only message that you can make and everyone has to make all the time is X is totally a thing. I don't know why I have to say this, but X, yes, it is a thing. It is totally a thing. Well, shall we do <laughs> submissions? Submissions. It's time to. What's the right way to introduce Gabe? He's our intern. I don't like his attitude. He's our friend. I don't think he appreciates the opportunity we're giving him. A cherished assistant. I think he gives us a lot of sass. I think this might be his last chance to make amends for how he's been. Gabe, why don't you come out here and uh, read our listeners' submissions? What did we ask them this week? This week, we asked our listeners if they could go forwards or backwards in time once. What time would they go to? And what would they do there? Hey, buddy boys, I just got back from 1856. Here we go. What were you doing in 1856? Oh, you know, just some horseback riding. Oh, you know riding horses. Well, Gabe, what if I told you that I've got Wikipedia pulled up here, and it says for a fact that the horse wasn't invented until 1901. Gotcha, Gabe. Something doesn't line up. (laughs) Your story don't line up. Okay, Gabe, go ahead and read that uh, listener submission. Travel one year into the future. That's it. That's adventurous. Does that seem like a missed opportunity to you guys? It does to me. You don't seem impressed. No. Do you? I sympathize with this. 
because if you guys are like me, you are a friend of the snooze button. And you find it easy, very easy to go, ah, uh, just a little bit more. Let's just, uh, let me just skip ahead. I'm going to hit the snooze button and I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit more. And I know I, with the time machine that we have on campus, am very tempted to be like, let me just skip. I'll just take a nap in the time machine for one year. And when that year rolls around, it's really easy to be like, yeah, but Yonsei didn't drop a new album this year. So why don't I just jump one more year ahead? Uh-huh. It seems extremely tempting. And before you know it, the world's collapsing as the sun crashes into it. And you're like, oh, I overslept. I hit the snooze button too many times. OK, I'm, I'm trying to see what what is coming up in 2019 to be excited about. Aladdin. So <laughs> I knew you were guy, looking at movies. <laughs> this, uh, no, this that's guy pretty gets exciting. to see Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any new video game systems coming out? There we uh, go. No, no. Red Dead Redemption 2 will be out by then. But that's oh. out in a month. Smash Bros. Ultimate. Smash Bros. Ultimate, that'll be out. He'll be smashing on that for a long time. Uh, I heard the cure cancer next year. I uh, go to a lot of Illuminati parties and they're like, yeah, you know the cancer cure we have in the basement? We're going to let that out next year. So that's dropping. That's going to be a hot new track. Why have scientists not made contagious cures? We can get sicknesses real easy from using the same toilet seat as someone in a Wendy's. Why can't I absorb like a flu vaccine (laughs) by touching a doorknob? Well, you know, they have worked on one uh, contagious cure. They have developed mosquitoes that are bioengineered to have like a recessive gene that it makes their children be unable to mate. So you let these mosquitoes out. They have sex with all the mosquitoes. Oh. And then all of their kids are neutered. They can't have babies. And so huge swaths of mosquitoes die. I was really wondering where you were going to go with that. Because I was like, if there's any cure that I can get, but it has to be administered by me getting itchy (laughs) mosquito bites, I'm going to tell you it's dumb, Cam. But you said the only possible version of that story that I would agree with. This person also gets to see Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. (gasps) They get to see Detective Pikachu, the movie. What? They get to see How to Train Your Dragon 3. Is Okay, well, that's a good one. Is Sonic going to be live action, Ryland? It is. Yes. Gotta go fast. It's it's a space jam. So part live action, part, oh, part, live action, part oh real people. God. So this is it. They're going a year ahead so they can just skip over all this shit. I don't want to see a trailer. I don't want to see yeah. a review. I just want to oh, skip right over Sonic right. Hedgehog live on ice. Gotta <laughs> no, go so fast. they can watch it without spoiling themselves at all. I get it. It's hard to avoid all the trailers. You just want to watch it. The people who created Sonic really were thinking because they gave Sonic language centers and the ability to speak English, which is <laughs> like a, go- a good way to spin it into a movie franchise. Mm-hmm. Mario, as far as we know, is like a Pokemon who can only oh. say his own name and like a selection of sounds. <laughs> it's a me, Mario. Me, me, it's a, it's a, it's a me. Me, me, Mario. <laughs> it's like really hard to make a, that was like borderline SpongeBob. It's hard to make that into a whole movie. They did it in the 90s and it was terrifying. Don't watch it. Wasn't there that one episode of the Mario TV show where Mario swears? Doesn't Mario say a cuss? Ah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> These pipes. Ah, shit. Didn't he? Oh, I think he said toilet. that. Fuck. No. <laughs> no way. I love Oh, this U trap. Balls and shit. 
<laughs> this Yoshi huffs nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they won't let him on the silver screen anymore. Sonic, <laughs> a saint. Very child friendly. All he's got to do is go fast. Those Mario Bros, essentially the Howard Stearns of video games. Oh, Boy, well, I think we answered the listener's question. Yeah, go forward one year in time. It sounds great. <laughs> yeah, skip it. I say live it. Uh, I say gotta go fast. Live it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna... I, I'm already on media blackout for Sonic the movie, uh, so <laughs> I'm basically skipping this whole year anyways. I might as well just do it via time travel. Boom. I'm not looking forward to having to edit Ryland's 100-page essay on Sonic the live-action movie, <laughs> but it's what friends do. Oh, there's gonna be so much porn. <laughs> that is one of the few predictions of the future that you can make with 100% confidence. There yeah. is going to be so much porn. In our last episode, we said everything's a thing. And I think that should be like a motto for this show. Everything's a thing. Are we switching out Light Your Life on Fire for Life Pile? <laughs> everything's a thing. <laughs> Don't even have to That's ask. We know it's a thing. What, in <laughs> what context did we say everything's a thing? Because I do not uh, remember that. Uh, porn. Yep. It was something, something hot. It was like, something oh, I hot. wonder if this is a thing. Oh, that's everything's a thing. Everything's so, a thing, dog. Right. It's so true. Here we go. All right. Gabe, you got another uh, user submission, listener submission, Gabe? Tell my past self I'm gay and to flirt with that cute boy. So many missed opportunities. <laughs> sure. Dylan, if you, you think if, if you came back from the future to your past self, like, would that have changed your life for the better? Um, well, the Dayton pool's so small. There are not many of us, it feels sometimes. As a gay person, we don't have a luxury of, like, looking around a crowded train car and being like, yeah. I could date anyone in here. Or a bar. You can't, like, go to a party <laughs> and just be like, oh, I want that one. And then I think if I went back to my childhood self and was like, you're gay, go have fun, I'd be like, Great. So who are my choices? This closeted person, this person who hasn't had that talk with himself yet, and all these other people who I don't know their status, but I assume they are also not. So listener, yes. I think it's cool to like know, to, to be as in tune with yourself as you can be and to like make make peace with that as early as you can. You said there's a cute boy that you want to flirt with. I don't know the details of that, but if you guys had that all sorted out and unlock. Yeah, maybe have some hot times at Ridgemont High. I don't know your deal. Cam, if you could go back in time and tell yourself you're gay, would you? <laughs> Just uh, make up some stuff and really mess with the head. Like, you're an amazing artist. <laughs> draw oh, more. No. I'm just fucking with him. He can't draw for shit. Um... I don't know, there's something about, um, you know, sexuality is a spectrum, and I think there's some things that you innately know about yourself without thinking about it, and there's other things about yourself that you don't know until you think about it, but you're not ready to think about it until you are. Yeah. So I probably, like, figured out all of my sexuality at just the perfect time that I needed to when I was ready for it, which I don't know if it's an experience everybody had. Like, I remember in high school, I one time was like, I could go on a date with a boy. Like, if I met a cute boy, I wanted to take him on a date. I could ask him out on a date, go home, tell my parents, I asked this cute boy out on a date. We're going to go see a movie. And they'd probably be like, cool. And I was like, 
I can't think of a single guy I've ever met that I've been like, I'd like to go hold hands and watch a movie with you. Like, I just, it's never happened. So I'm pretty blessed. I have a very open-minded family. I kind of just have figured stuff out in good time for me. So I don't want to mess with that formula. But what I can relate with this submission is that I would love to go back in time and be like, hey, why so serious? Just date, just flirt. Because in middle school, like, I was terrified of girls and it all seemed so very serious. And then in my mm. high school, I was like, I, I should have just goofed around. But in high school, it was all this new kind of serious. And then mm. my college is like, I should have just goofed around and dated more in high school. And in college now, everyone's I mean, marriage is the next step. It's all very serious. And out of college, I'm like, I should have just goofed around and dated more. So if I could go back in the time, I would definitely be like, yo, dude, chill out, bro. Does elderly Cam need to time travel back to right now, Cam, and be like, hey, Cam, it's not that serious after you've gotten out of college. Just date <laughs> around and have fun. Yeah, no, I'm in a nonstop cycle of that exact situation. Cute. Yeah, Cam, I also had like very... I was very privileged to have a very accepting, loving family that would have been totally fine if I was gay, but it kind of worked in the, like, they were so <laughs> making sure they that- They wanted the gay son It so kind bad. of felt that way. Like, they kept being like, Rylan, Rylan, it's totally cool if you're gay. It's totally fine. To the extent where I was in like- In fact, it's much better. We kind of would <laughs> like you as a gay guy more than we like you. Yeah. Like, I had aunts and uncles that were saying this stuff to me. Like, my aunt said, you know, Rylan- one in every ten guys is gay, and there's ten cousins, so... What? <laughs> Your aunt was that bully from middle school? Who was like, wow, there's ten people in this room right now, someone's gay. <laughs> but it, it wasn't like she was trying to pick on me. She was, like, trying to create an open environment for me to come out, but I was like... <laughs> I don't think I'm gay. Like I kept wondering about it being like, I don't know. Like, so if, if I could go back in time and tell myself I was gay, that would really fuck me up. I feel like that's funny. such a funny thing with my particular set of guy friends. I think like the majority of my guy friends tend to be straight dudes who aren't hell bent on being like the most masculine person in the room mm -hmm. and a common thing amongst all of those dudes is everyone nitpicking and being like you sure you're not gay yeah. you sure you're not gay yeah. you sure you're not and my parents do it about my friends to me <laughs> like my mom has i think once or twice been like cam's gay right <laughs> like no he's just not like walking into a room like already with a monster energy drink open being like yeah so 21 pilots are going for the playoffs do you yeah. guys feel like that's been a, a running theme in your lives like people being like oh you're not aggressing me at all times you must be gay. oh definitely like i guess i'm very expressive with my hands oh my and that God. enough is like while i'm while i'm talking i use my hands too much and that means i'm gay so cam was talking about this last episode you there's like a set criteria you're not sure what it is and if you violate any of the <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> 1000 unspoken rules it's like wee -wee -wee. <laughs> kill bill sirens yeah i definitely get people who are like so what's your what's your deal? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what's your whole, like, you know, what's your deal? And I'm just like, what have I done in my life that I now have to sit through this conversation? You're like, I know what you're asking. 
I was born here, but my family is Swedish. (laughs) (laughs) See, and I always come back to I'm an alcohol sexual. I only have sex with people who have bought me a drink. So if you want to ask me these kind of questions, why is my hand empty? Well, Cam, I got a whole flock of 500 potential suitors flying over (laughs) Minnesota right now. You should get up there, buddy. (laughs) Squawk, squawk. (laughs) So just to make it official, go back in time to screw with a poor, innocent, impressionable (laughs) young version of yourself. Hell yeah, live it. I'm going to say live it. I don't think I'm going to go back and say, hey, young Dylan, I just want you to know I I think you might be gay. I'm just going to hand him a copy of Lady Gaga's The Fame Monster and be like, enjoy. And he'll figure it out. (laughs) Do the math. Show your work. You'll figure it out. Yeah. The involuntary response my body has to that will be like, oh, I'm gay. (laughs) And I unfortunately just think about things way too much. So I think I just should not go back or say anything to myself because <laughs> I'm me telling myself I'm straight. I'd be like, wait, was was he telling me the truth or was he is he trying to influence me? He would fuck with me, <laughs> wouldn't he? So just not even gonna do it. Not gonna touch that kid. Do you guys mind if I introduce us into some time travel segments? Please do. Okay. So we're time traveling. It's the time travel episode about time travel. And frankly, I think this episode is silly if it's just us three dudes sitting around speculating about time travel. So I've taken the liberty of getting the whole entire scoop on some of the paragons of time travel. So I'm going to give you some of my favorite time travelers and we can decide if we we like the way they're living. So my first one is Andrew Basiago. He was born in the 1960s. He's a trial lawyer in Vancouver, Washington, and was a candidate in the 2016 presidential election. So those are about all the facts I could get on Andrew's day-to-day life, because from there, it gets pretty bananas. Basiago claims that he was selected to participate in a study conducted by the Pentagon titled Project Pegasus, which was commissioned by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA. Mm. So Project Pegasus had one aim to manipulate the fabric of time as a means of winning the Cold War. Basiago says his father was initially involved in the program and began incorporating young Andrew in tests in the 1960s when he was a kid. In the early days of the program, Basiago says scientists created Chronovision, a system which he said generates a hologram of a past or future event by driving an electromagnetic signal through an octagonal array of bismuth crystals. By 1972, Basiago said Project Pegasus had figured out how to send people through time using a technology referred to as radiant energy, which was originally devised by Nikola Tesla and discovered posthumously in his New York apartment in 1943 in his like journals they found Mm. so Basiago said the latent and pervasive energy in the universe was accessible through a machine made up of two gray elliptical booms measuring eight feet tall which were built ten feet apart and which a participant stepped into so who was that participant who did Basiago's father who was working on Project Pegasus decide should be used to test (laughs) this new technology be placed between two eight foot tall elliptical booms being charged with the latent pervasive energy of the universe that's right it was young andrew and what was the most important time project pegasus thought bashiago could be sent to 
That's right. It was Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address during the American Civil War. <laughs> and you better memorize it word for word, son. Word for word. But Bastiago's no chump. He has evidence of this trip. A photograph. I'm going to drop it in the chat right now. Listeners, if you scoot on over to our Instagram, I'm going to put this picture up. This is a photo taken at Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. And oh, apparently yeah. the boy in this photo that is circled is Basiago. He said uh-huh. he's not wearing any shoes in the photograph because they disappeared during his time travel. <laughs> okay. But it, yeah. in the image, it looks like he's wearing shoes. Uh, those are just big feet, Cam. They got <laughs> swollen during the time travel. Big, swollen, boot-looking feet. <laughs> yes. He's got some meaty club feet because everyone knows your feet get swole when you time travel. So his feet got knocked off, but his cowboy hat stayed on. Uh, his shoes got knocked off. He was given a costume so he could blend in a little bit, but you can still obviously tell that is a boy from the 1960s oh, and definitely. not someone no who doubt. is from the 1863 Gettysburg Address. Also, this photo is on like a little like microfilm slide, and if you super zoom and enhance, you can see Lincoln. It's one of the only photos we have of Lincoln. He's in the background with his hat off. I'll put that photo on our Instagram Whoa. as well. Did you guys ever think how about that little girl who wrote that letter to Lincoln about how he should grow a beard was kind of like the first season of Queer Eye. <laughs> Who's her agent? Let me let my people call her people. We Get a her a Netflix show where she just goes, does makeovers for presidents. No, we're not humanizing presidents. So <laughs> Bachiago says this was not his only time travel trip. He says he also traveled to the year 2045 to a building made of emerald and tungsten steel to retrieve a container of microfilm detailing all the events in history that occurred to that point that young Andrew then delivered to the Project Pegasus scientists. Bastiago didn't make it past the primaries in 2016, but he plans on running in 2020 and is not super worried because he has future knowledge that sometime between now and 2028, he will either be elected president or vice president and that members of the CIA have told him this is true. Andrew Bastiago, you guys. I wonder if he's starting to sweat as we approach 2045 and there's not an (laughs) emerald and tungsten building yet. Maybe you and I don't know about it, but maybe it's, you know, in Des Moines somewhere and we just haven't seen it yet. Maybe those people there would be like, oh, yeah, that's at the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was at the Barnes and Noble. You're not constantly rolling around in the Pentagon. Maybe they got an emerald tungsten room. That's a room, not a building. Is there a building hidden within the Pentagon? I guess there could be. He didn't. There could be, there you could know, be. there could be a whole underground world where all the Atlanteans fled to underneath the Earth's crust. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, there could be more like there couldn't not be. Dylan, <laughs> truth, hashtag truth. Oh God, I knew the time travel episode was going to get way too truth bombing. Get ready for <laughs> some more truth bombs. This is one of my favorite time travel stories. Rudolph Fence, New York City. It's a warm summer night in June. It's 1951. The city's abuzz with cabs, nightlife. It's a city that never sleeps, right? In Times Square, cars are cruising back and forth under the bright lights, the iconic signage there. Suddenly, pedestrians are startled by a man who materializes out of thin air in the middle of a busy New York street. The man seemed to be about 20 years old, dressed in the fashion of the 1800s, and looked deeply scared and confused about where he was. <laughs> Seconds after he materializes, he gets hit and ran over by a taxi cab, killing him instantly. No. Yes. Officials at the morgue inspected his body. 
and the following possessions were found on his person. A copper token for a beer worth five cents bearing the name of a saloon which was unknown even to older residents of the area. A bill for the care of a horse and the washing of a carriage drawn by a livery stable on Lexington Avenue that was not listed in any address book. About $70 in old banknotes business cards with the name Rudolph Fence and an address on Fifth Avenue, a letter sent to this address in June 1876 from Philadelphia, and a medal for coming third in a three-legged race. (laughs) (laughs) And none of these objects showed any signs of aging. So Captain Hubert V. Rim of the Missing Persons Department on NYPD tried to use this information to identify the man. He found that the address on Fifth Avenue was part of a business. Its current owner did not know Rudolph Fence. Fence's name was not listed in the address books and his fingerprints were not recorded anywhere. No one reported him missing. Rim continued his investigation and he found a Rudolph Fence Jr. in a telephone book from 1939. Rim spoke to the residents of the apartment building at the listed address who remembered Fence and described him as a man about 60 years old who had worked nearby. After his retirement, he moved to an unknown location in 1940. Contacting the bank, Rim was told that Fence died five years before, but his widow was still alive and lived in Florida. Rim contacted her, learned that her husband's father, Rudolph Fence, had disappeared in 1876, aged 29. He had left the house for an evening walk and never returned. (laughs) Captain Rim checked the missing person files on Rudolph Fence in 1876. The description of his appearance, age, and clothing precisely mimicked that of the appearance of the unidentified man in Times Square. The case was marked as unsolved because Rim feared he would be held as mentally incompetent and he never noted the results of his investigation in any official files. Da, 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 da. Hey, boys, uh, I'm going to go down to the pub. Oh, can't forget my three-legged race medal. Uh, I got to take that with me everywhere I go. Planning to get laid tonight. Got to bring that medal with me. Hey, hey ladies. Okay. The same thing's going to happen to some asshole in our time, and then people in the future are going to be doing a podcast about him and be like, oh, yeah, I wanted to teleport from 2018 to 2148, and I'm going to bring my Livestrong bracelet. <laughs> you know, I think... I think it was just the old timey detectives had a sense of propriety and you know standards of decency. So when they found seven Magnum condoms in his pocket, we're like we'll just call this a three legged race trophy. <laughs> oh, winkity wink wink. I That's, hate that. We'll keep it all under the table. Winkity oh. wink wink wink. Yuckity yuck yuck yuck. None of this can be real, right? Like there can't be a real police detective that actually found this stuff. This is crazy. It's all real, Ryland. Wow. And why is it real? Because someone on the police told me. <laughs> all right, you guys, I got one last time travel experience for you. It's my favorite. It's called the Montauk Project. It's a gigantic experiment conducted in secret by the U.S. government underneath a previously derelict Air Force base in Camp Hero at Montauk. The Montauk Project was a secret program created to be an extension of the Philadelphia Experiment, an event that took place on October 28, 1943, during which experimental technology was used to make the 
U.S. Navy destroyer escort, the USS Eldridge, a massive Navy boat, completely disappear for several moments before reappearing with its crew. The results of this experiment, though incredible, were horrific. Some sailors were embedded in the metal structures of the ship, including one sailor who ended up on a deck level below where he had began and had his hand embedded in the steel hull of the ship. Some crew members were said to have physically fused to bulkheads while others suffered from mental disorders. Some rematerialized inside out and still others vanished. The technology used in the experiment was reportedly conducted on aspects of unified field theory a theory coined by Albert Einstein to describe a class of potential theories that would aim to describe the interrelated nature of forces of electromagnetism and gravity and how to unite their respective fields into a single field. Congress deemed the experiment way too dangerous and shut down the program. So scientists from the Philadelphia experiment go over to the Department of Defense. How do you get funding for something if Congress shuts it down? Very easy, guys. You tell them you could weaponize it. <laughs> so they tell the Department of Defense that. And they're like, oh, my God. Yes. Yes, please. Money. Weapons. Yes. And so the story goes, the program continued in secret under the name The Montauk Project, funded using $10 billion in Nazi gold discovered on a train tunnel in France. <laughs> okay. Yes. What is it about Nazi gold that's just goldier than every other kind of gold? Um, Evil gold. I think Western culture tends to value evil things like blood diamonds more than like ethically sourced I don't know. (laughs) We'll figure it out someday. So the Montauk project spans multiple decades has a lot of plot points. I'm just going to highlight a few of my favorite key points. One the abandoned Air Force base that was used on Camp Hero in Montauk was expanded to as many as 12 levels underground so the building appeared abandoned from the surface and some reports have the facility extending under the town of Montauk itself. Homeless people were abducted and subjected to huge amounts of electromagnetic radiation. Few survived. People had their psychic abilities enhanced to the point where they could materialize objects out of thin air. A, quote, porthole in time was created, which allowed researchers to travel anywhere in time or space. This was later developed into a stable, quote, time tunnel. Contact was made with alien extraterrestrials through the time tunnel, and technology was exchanged with them in order to enhance the project, and this allowed a broader access to hyperspace. But the Montauk Project was not without its mistakes, you guys. So an alien monster traveled through the time tunnel, destroyed equipment, and devoured researchers. That was when the tunnel was shut down and they had to destroy the creature. On August 12th, 1983, the time travel project at Camp Hero interlocked in hyperspace with the original Philadelphia experiment back in 1943. The USS Eldridge was drawn into hyperspace and trapped there. Two men... Al Bielik and Duncan Cameron both claimed to have leapt from the deck of the Eldridge while it was in hyperspace and ended up after a period of severe disorientation at Camp Hero in the year 1983. Here they claimed to have met John von Neumann, a famous physicist and mathematician, even though he was known to have died in 1957. Von Neumann supposedly worked on the original Philadelphia experiment, but the U.S. Navy denies this. Staff from the Camp Hero site traveled to the USS Eldridge, shut down the generators, causing the ship to return to Philadelphia in 1943 and the time tunnel to collapse. According to some stories, research continues to this day with enhanced security at the Montauk base. Oh, also, I got a bonus honorary time traveler, (laughs) Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams is an American actress. She's been in movies such as Midnight in Paris, About Time, The Time Traveler's Wife. Most people know her for The Notebook. In all of these movies, minus The Notebook, she has played a regular woman whose life is regular 
And then a dude in her life gets to travel back or forth in time, and she does not. So I have a message for all you liberal goblins in Hollyweird. Get this woman in a fucking time machine, you cowards. Dylan, out. <laughs> we can put a man on the moon, but we can't put a woman in a time machine. Should we send Rachel McAdams to Montauk so she could interface with the time tunnel and slay herself an alien on her own so she feels like she's, you know, done something with her? Her time. Oh, you think time she wants films. to slay the creature, eh? I don't know what you mean by that, Cam, but it sounds sinister. Oh, she wants to slay the creature. Well, you know, that creature won a medal for a third-legged race, if you catch what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, and I don't like it. And they said that we got technology from there. Uh, what'd we get? Pop-Tarts? Uh, I think it was just, unfortunately, Blackberries and Tamagotchis. <laughs> so pretty useless. Thanks, aliens. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much, future aliens. Aliens were like, oh, we've never seen those guns before. What do we got in the back? Daryl? <laughs> Here, try this. And the Tamagotchis were just their children. Oh, no. That's so kids. sad. Oh, no. We need this gun right now. I researched the Montec project in the past, but I didn't remember the part about them teleporting the USS Eldridge and people getting stuck yeah. in metal walls was horrific. Have yeah. you all seen Cloverfield Paradox? Cam watched it with me. I oh, I, I saw I it. Did. Yeah. And yeah. that lady gets embedded in the... Ugh. Uh-huh. It's pretty hot. I mean, that can turn out to be hot if it's like, if you have a thing for big ships and now what? it's got a personality... You know, what? you can actually communicate with What's it. You know, it'll talk back. So Cam saying? earlier said that he's alcohol sexual because he wants you to buy him a drink first. And now Rylan's telling us he's big time traveling boat sexual. Which Hates I think birds, loves boats. You need to go back and tell young Ryland this stat. <laughs> Yo, young Ryland, you hate birds. You love boats. Oh, I get it now. I get it. Good God. <laughs> So we got one form of time travel where you got to kidnap homeless people, which doesn't sound fun. No. And you're kind of time machine that's fueled by homeless people. It sounds like you got another time machine where uh, you just suddenly appear in front of a car and get murdered instantly. Hope you enjoyed your trip. See you next fall. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like a Three Stooges time machine. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Mario. And then our first time machine is essentially your dad asking you to do chores and go freaking pick up a history textbook from the goddamn library. Why don't you do it, dad? Well, you're small enough to fit through the time hole and I'm your father and you'll do what I say while you're living under my time roof. Yeah. These all sound like you're taking the funnest thing possible, time travel, and making it miserable. So for all these time travelers, I gotta say, leave it, buddy. There's better ways. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That checks out. Ryland, do you like any of these? I gotta go for the middle one. The natural. I, I imagine it was a naturally occurring <laughs> thing. Where, a little time burp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I like... I like time travel that's not controlled by the man, you know? Yeah. Give me that good old-fashioned time travel. <laughs> I don't want the government controlling who gets to time travel and who doesn't. Just have it be a random lottery system where maybe you'll wind up in front of a bus <laughs> and die, but at least it's not controlled by the man. So right. Sweet old American time travel. Just a man and a time burp bumping into each other. <laughs> Is that a live it, Ryland? Oh, yeah. that For that number two, that's a live it, baby. 
I got to agree with Ryland. I don't like the idea of potentially being embedded in a steel ship on accident because the U.S. Navy can't get their garbage together. I don't like weaponizing it or kidnapping homeless people. I agree with Ryland. I like the idea that there's some chosen few that the universe and in her infinite wisdom selects and is just like, I think you deserve to four die. door right in the face. <laughs> yeah. Do you think the lady who's writing the story of the universe just like couldn't figure out how to like weave that guy's timeline into the rest of the plot? So she was like, ah, control alt delete. <laughs> Control X, and I'll worry about that later. <laughs> right. So I think that one appeals the most to me. I'm going to live it on number two. So, y'all, my segment. Every rookie makes the same mistake first time out on the time machine. You go back in time to kill who? Hitler. You know why? I know why he was a bad dude. Right. Issue is... You go back in time to kill Hitler. Now there's no Hitler. Now there was no reason for you to go back in time to kill Hitler. It's a paradox. <gasps> it's known in philosophical circles as the grandfather paradox, which is why every hip time traveler doesn't try to go back in time to kill Hitler. Every cool with it time traveler tries to go back in time to kill their grandfather. Why? Because it's there. Because if you can pull off killing your own grandpa, you're officially the best time traveler ever. <laughs> so for this segment, you're going to get real live action lifestyling advice from three of the best lifestylists and lifestyle experts alive today. And we're going to give you all the best tactics to how to beat the grandfather paradox and murder your own grandfather. <laughs> beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. Okay, so... I want to kill my grandpa so I don't exist or for sport because my grandpa is the most dangerous game. No, no, no. See, here's here's the thing. Think about it this way. It's like a billiards trick. You set up a couple billiards on a billiards table. Okay. A pool table. That's what All the right. balls are called? Individual billiards? I thought so. Now you're making me feel less confident. No, I think you're right, but that's weird. Okay, I guess maybe billiard balls, Yeah, but that seems excessive. Oh. So you guys, here's the thing. You set up the pool table, and you set up a couple time portals on the pool table. And then you do a trick shot where you shoot a ball into a time portal, and it goes back in time, and it comes out of another time portal, time portal B, and it's going to knock itself out of the way before it goes through that first time portal, Right? But if it's knocked out of the way before it goes through the time portal, how can it go back in time to knock itself out of the way? And if it doesn't knock itself out of the way, then it does go through the time portal and knock itself out of the way of the time portal. It's a paradox, right? In the same way, many philosophers have argued that if you go back in time with a bolt-action rifle and try to shoot your grandpa in the head before he gives birth to your father, a bird will fly in the way, or a jam will happen in the gun, or something that will just happen in the universe to keep your grandfather from getting murdered, because otherwise there's no reason for you to go back in time. So, what I'm saying is, paradoxes are for chumps, we're going to figure out a way to kill our grandfather and get away with it. That's real time traveling, baby! How? Okay, I want to hear how you're going to do this, because I... Am at a loss. 
I was uh, really hoping we could put our heads together on this one because it is a toughie. I think all together, our powers united, we can figure out how to do this heist. I have been scratching my head on it personally for a little while here. And it has to be before your conce- your father is conceived. You can't, can't I mean, trick it that's that kind of just lame if it's not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I could just go... I could just go kill a grandpa right now. It's not the same thing as killing my grandpa before he conceives right, my father. Right. I mean, that's that's the real kickflip in this whole Ollie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I might have got it. Uh, I travel back in time. Uh-huh. I find my young grandpa before he has given birth to my dad or my mom. Mm-hmm. And I say... Do not be afraid, for I come in peace. <laughs> I am your grandchild from the future. Please follow me back through this time portal to the time where I live. Oh. And he is scared, but he trusts me because I know some intimate facts about him. Right. Like, he really loves his coin collection. And so <laughs> we walk back towards the time portal. I step through and I reach my hand out and I say, this way, Papa. And he steps <laughs> He steps through, but he only gets halfway through and I hit the off button and I slice him in half with the portal. <laughs> he's in the past and he's in the present and the time gods can't do anything about it because technically he's in the future, which nullifies the paradox. But he's in the past, but I'm in the future where wow. I'm from and he dies and uh, it all works. Wow. Does that work? Dylan, I think you really might be onto something here. Yeah, especially... If when you slice him with the time portal, if you get the bottom half, because all you need is that sweet baby juice, and then you could go take a second trip in the time portal and oh, take care okay. of what needs to be done. Oh my right. God. Yeah. The baby juice needs to be back then. Which, as I say that, makes me realize that so many alien abduction cases, they harvest the baby juice out of people. You know, everybody's getting oh hand jobs up in these spaceships. They're not aliens. They're time travelers. They're our grandchildren. They're trying to off us, but they need our juice to solve the paradox. Uh, that makes sense. I do hate that. I wish an alien would abduct me just to see how I'm doing, just to like to ask how it's going or to, get like, some to ask me about my day. It's That's always a, a means to an end. Yeah. yeah. I think I would like to kiss my grandpa and le- like with lipstick on, leave my kiss marks on him. I love that like kiss of death type look. You put on you put on a dress and you put on some lipstick and you start walking with your hips a bunch. Uh-huh. And you plant a big old kiss on him. Uh-huh. I think we could avoid all the gross juice parts of this story if we wait till like the exact evening that your parent was conceived and then he's leaving your grandma's house. Well, the hard part is my grandparents were together, you know. My grandpa wasn't just leaving my my grandma. <laughs> you know, they lived Not no. even to go out for milk? <laughs> I was going to say your grandma, yeah, your grandma wanted some poist poist, poist coitus milk. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, Gerald, we're out. Can you run to the convenience store? Oh, and that's when you the, get them. We're out of the poist-coitus milk. All I got left is the baking milk. Yeah. Gerald, could you go to the store for the poist-coitus milk? Could, baking milk. Could yeah. I send my father back in time inside of my grandmother? Like, just teleport him into her, and he comes out as an adult? Mark, and 
What are you You're, saying? If it wasn't already the case, you will for sure be arrested for having this conversation <laughs> that we're having right now. Time and crime. That's a time crime. We need to wrap this grandpa thing because your sister or your aunt's going to listen to this and be very displeased, Brylin. Uh, I, I was framed. This was not my doing at all. Uh, Cam forced me to do this. So, Well, Wiley Coyote grandfather time tunnel antics where maybe I forget that it is like a time tunnel. It's not a door that's like one dimensional. It's like you got to walk a little bit. I imagine there's a runway where it kind of looks like the Earth, Wind and Fire September music video while you're walking mm-hmm. through it. I say live it to that. All this stuff y'all are talking about with juice and moist coitus milk. <laughs> I cannot sign off on that. I'm going to give that part a leave. Oh, man. For me, my grandpa was a great guy. So killing him just to be able to say, yeah, I did it. <laughs> like, that's that's hard to do. But you know what? Oh, well, now I feel bad for mine. <laughs> As long as I get to leave a big old red smooch on my grandpa's cheek as my calling card. Why is that so important to you? We never explored that. Why do you really need that? Come on, there's nothing cooler than that. It's like, whoa, this you was intentional. You can do that now. Go kiss an old man. It's not the same. You got to do it that real Bugs Bunny style. Yeah. I get what oh, Ryan's saying. Plus, That's what we're talking plus about. Plus, lips yeah. are like fingerprints, you know? They can they can trace my lip prints on my grandpa and be like, oh my God, they match up to his own lips because we're genetically <laughs> identical, basically. I mean, not really, okay. but. you're Okay, so you're not kissing Kate Barlow. This isn't that. No, because I, I, you've lost me with that, but I wanted to be like a fingerprint and very mysterious to the cops. So I'm going to have to live it. That was a livid after all of that. <laughs> you just want to kiss your grandpa after you've killed him. Yes. Kissing Kate Ryland. Okay. It, I just want to go back and say, uh, leave it. Oh, man, now I have to leave it. Leave it. If I'm going You're going to leave this it? alone. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to see him again, but then to have to kill him, that would suck. So I don't because know. Cam forced us to. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice to just have a talk with him. You know, you know what? I'm gonna live it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ryland, how about this? We travel back in time. We visit our grandpas after they're running. They've already made their run for poised coitus milk, and we're maybe at a soda shoppy with them the following morning. And <laughs> our grandmas jerk. are there too. Uh-huh. And we have a nice combo. We get the gist of what their lives were like back then. Then we open the time portal and we say, Papa, Mama, I have to go back to my own time now. And you reach through the time portal. And you pull Cam through it halfway. You close the time portal and you slice him in half. <laughs> Cam's dead now. And we don't have to play his time games. Yes. <sighs> Live it. Well, guys, I'm glad you're already feeling some animosity towards each other because I'm about to pit you against each other oh. in a battle. It is called Whack the Wormhole. Oh, God. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So, in this game, wormholes have opened up throughout history, and <laughs> events that have happened in a certain time have traveled to the time where they haven't happened yet. What? <laughs> so, I'm going to give you guys some questions, and all of them will happen in the same year, except for one of them. That is the wormhole you gotta whack, okay? Okay. 
So, uh, I will read them to you. The first one to zuzz in with the correct answer gets the point. All right. Do we understand the game? Make sure with Cam. For once ever, I think you actually made a game that is reasonable and I understand. (laughs) Okay. So, yes, all of these events have happened in the same year except for one of them. All right. So, first one up. We have A. At Princeton University, a living cat was made into a telephone. (laughs) (laughs) And all of these things did actually happen. What year is this again? Oh, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you the year. So... But all of them happen in the same year except for one. Yeah, Dylan, have you heard about this? They opened up a, a living cat's brain, attached a cord to it, to its auditory nerve, and then hooked that cord up to a phone, and then they would whisper into the cat's oh. ear, and you could hear it over the phone. No. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I haven't heard of this one. I was thinking of the one where the CIA decided to implant a listening device in a cat and its antenna and its tail and then train it to you know follow russians around (laughs) and on the you know they did the surgery they trained this cat and on the first field test they opened the door and let it out of the van and it was immediately hit by a car oh my god and after that they scraped the project and they made no more listening literally scraped it up off the street oh (laughs) (laughs) i've not heard of this i wish people would leave cats the fuck alone I (laughs) i think the cat was fine i'm not sure okay so that was a B Harvard freshman Lothrop Withington Jr. Became the first goldfish swallower winning a $10 bet. It was snack goldfish, right? No, no, it was real goldfish. Okay. I mean, every goldfish is a snack once you snack on it. <laughs> He's the first person to ever put a goldfish. I know. I, in I his think mouth. that's bullshit. He's I the think first person to ever win guy. $10 for doing it. Yeah, sure. maybe. Maybe that. Even that, I doubt. All right, C. (laughs) According to Hollywood legend, dog actor Ren Tin Tin received the most votes for the first Academy Award for Best Actor, but the Academy Award wanted to appear more serious and decided that a human had to win the award. (laughs) (laughs) That dog got robbed. Dogs and cats left and right getting shortchanged (laughs) by human beings. Dogs, cats, and fish. (laughs) Last one. Alfred Hitchcock makes the first recorded that's what she said joke. And it's <laughs> as the girl said to the soldier. <laughs> so whenever you hear something like, oh, it's so big, as the girl said to the soldier, you know what I'm talking oh my about? Gosh. <laughs> Yuck. Why does that one sound so much worse than that's what she said? Yeah, I think it's the militarization of it. Gross. I hate it. Gross. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say the one I think is not a part of the other set of events is A. Cam, what do you say? Yeah, I'm going to whack the wormhole on B. All right. Drum roll. All of the events occurred in 1929, but Lorthrop swallowed the first goldfish 10 years later in 1939. So, Cam, you were right. Ah! What can I say? I know my Pescatarians. I cannot believe Telephone Cat. 
the i the cat phone xs existed way back then i was yeah. sure that was like a 1984 thing yeah right and i i was right but in the wrong way because i was like these all sound like technological advancements like you have yeah. to have a lot of technology skill before you can even come up with a that's what she said joke and cam <laughs> did you see how rylan sneakily just slipped in that little like oh yeah and then they scrapped the cat phone project and no one ever tried to do that again you know for sure there's like a horse walking around that's also like a fire hydrant lazy boy frigid air boom box <laughs> oh, why do you think police officers are still riding horses yeah yes. they're radios yeah yeah they've got little like discreet cup holders they've got six fan speed settings for vacuuming the street <laughs> haven't you ever asked yourself why you always see police officers talking into the buttholes of their horses don't you think that's oh a little my- suspicious God, I hate that we crack so many truths on this episode because then our audience just get used to it and they don't really, they all blur together. Don't let a horse Mm -hmm. see you naked. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) You need to get one of those little pieces of black duct tape to put over the horse's butthole. All right. Okay. Okay. We got to move on. I have three more questions. Next one. Part A. The U.S. Air Force accidentally drops two Mark 39 nuclear bombs in North Carolina, (gasps) each more than 250 times more destructive than the power of the Hiroshima bomb, but neither explodes. (gasps) A single safety switch out of the four prevented detonation of one of those bombs. That's so gross. (laughs) The world is so scary. Did you know this, that we accidentally nuked ourselves, but it didn't go off, so we got lucky? Wait, tell me again, was it, not that it matters, um, was it North or South Carolina? It was North. It was North. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) All right, so that's the first one. Second one. The Tonganyika laughter epidemic. An outbreak of contagious laughter broke out in Tanzania. It lasted over six months and affected thousands of people. Now this one, when I first read this, I was like, okay, this is bullshit. But I looked this up and this is a real documented laughter epidemic where people could not stop laughing in Tanzania. Ew, that's scary. There's records of dancing epidemics in the medieval ages. Right. Stories of a woman walks into town and she starts dancing and can't stop and soon everyone in the whole town is dancing themselves into exhaustion. Oh my god. What's going on with the yeah. human being? That happened to me after I took one jazz and tap class when I was <laughs> in 7th grade and so I had to stop. This is a funeral, sir. And that that started at a school. And so it's like, oh, yeah, they're just laughing so that they don't have to listen to the teacher because none of the teachers Uh, happened to be affected. It was just all of the students. hmm. But then it spread to other adults. Apparently, I don't know. Were people okay, or were they like, did people die or like, Uh, I think everybody was fine. I don't know. I didn't look into it. All right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Next one. Comedian Lenny Bruce was arrested for using the word schmuck on stage. Schmuck, apparently, is a Yiddish swear word for penis. I did not know that. And it's considered deeply offensive. So the police asked a young George Carlin in the audience to show his ID, to which he responded, I don't believe in ID. And he was promptly arrested. (laughs) So Lenny Bruce and Carlin were both arrested? Yeah. The police were like, he said penis on stage. Show us your ID. (laughs) I don't believe in ID. You're under arrest. (laughs) 
Uh, last one for this question. The Centralia Mine Fire began. An underground fire in a coal mine that could potentially last up to 250 years. It caused most of the town, Centralia, to be abandoned. And if you look at pictures of this, like the roads are all ripped apart from this mine fire underground. It's pretty crazy. Well, good thing the coal industry is coming back. (laughs) (laughs) And that's clean coal, (laughs) y'all. Woo! It is the perfect setting for a horror video game. Yeah, they set the movie Silent Hill in that town but i don't think any of the games i'm not sure and they've got fallout new coal coming out <laughs> we're gonna fallout, get down there. all the jobs back we're gonna clean oh, it no. we're gonna scrub that coal uh so we have we accidentally nuked our own country the tanganyika laughter epidemic Comedian Lenny Bruce getting arrested for saying schmuck and also George Carlin for not believing in ID <laughs> and the Centralia mine fire underground, which did not happen in this year. I'm going to say t- Tanzania. Option B. Yeah. And I think Dylan's right because all the other ones like the nukes was Cold War. Lenny Bruce was late 50s, early 60s and Centralia. I've heard interviews with people who were living in the town at the time and they were still alive. So that seems like late 60s. So B. Oh, I'm Cam. I read. I know how to read. (laughs) I'm Cam. This is the only thing I have. (laughs) Give me this. (laughs) Well, all of the events happened in 1962, except the Air Force nuked North Carolina in Uh, 1961. So a year before all of it. Sneaky curveballs. It's a bad beat. It's a bad beat. So nobody got points. So are we still zero and zero? <laughs> Cam got a point last round. So oh, you got to catch up. Right. <laughs> yeah. And what, nice sneaky, Dylan. Not sneaky enough. <laughs> <I> tried. <laughs> All right. Next question. The Canadian government took custody of five identical quintuplets. Annette, Emily, Yvonne, Cecile, and Marie Dion, fearing that they would be exploited. Two years later, Canada had made them their largest tourist attraction where they started (gasps) movies, product ads, had dolls made after them, and had 3,000 daily visitors in their exhibit, which, what, where was, what was their exhibit? (laughs) What? We gotta get these babies, see, because I got a real great idea for a film series, you see? These babies gonna be big old stars. We gotta get them. These parents won't take care of these babies. They're gonna exploit them. We gotta exploit them. Yeah. I can't let those parents exploit those babies when I could be exploiting those babies. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. All right. Uh, All gerbils in the U.S. descended from 20 cotton Mongolia in this year for research purposes. The next one, George Dempster invented the dumpster (laughs) in this year. Thanks, George. (laughs) And then the last one, a mummified step bison named Blue Babe was discovered in Alaska and while preparing the specimen for display, the research team decided to stew and eat part of the mummy's neck to celebrate oh the accomplishment. Oh my god, what is human beings' <laughs> preoccupation with eating mummy stuff? I'm sick of it. We get it, you're edgy. Okay, the invention of the dumpster sounds like it was around the same time as people's preoccupation with mummies. Okay. I'm going to say, first of all, I hope his slogan was... Dump it in a dumpster. The new dumpster. <laughs> I'm going to say of all the gerbil joints in all the world, option B. B. Again, I think I've said B every time. <laughs> and Cam? You know, 
dumpster is what's that word for when the product name becomes the name for the general item like Xerox and Kleenex. Kleenex. Yeah. yeah. Dumpster is one of those but because mm-hmm. before dumpster, there was no dumpster. Yeah. yeah. Did y'all know quick aside? Sorry. People do this about soda. Everyone's like, what kind of Coke you want? Yes. And someone will be like Sprite. That's bananas. No, it's a southern thing. It. They're freaks. They are freaks. <laughs> we need to get rid of Florida. Sorry, Cam. Continue. Uh, as a kid, that made sense to me. I was like, "Can I have what kind of Coke? You got Sprite?" Oh then no! Misunderstandings get restaurants, and you get forced into the soda box that everyone else wants you to live in. But uh, I feel the smell on Dempster. It's not just trash. There's a whiff of the time stream, a little cosmic foam there. I, I think he's in the wormhole. I'm going to slap his wormhole. All right. Yuck. And Dylan, you were saying which one again? B, the gerbils. The ger- Mongolian gerbils. All of the events happened in 1934, except for the bison mummy soup, which happened in Ugh. 1979. Way Ugh. too late to be eating part of a mummy, guys. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, so much Coke back then. Right. Everything yes, seemed yeah. like a good idea. Ew, do you think that took place at, like, Studio 54? <laughs> they, like, yep. wheeled it in on a big platter. <laughs> we did it! Camp still ahead. Uh, last question. Number one, a preserved head was discovered at a bog in Lindau Moss. Believing the remains to be his former wife, Peter Rain Bart confessed to murdering her several decades before. When testing later found that the head was from 1,733 years earlier, <laughs> Rain Bart tried to revoke his confession, oh, but he was no. still convicted of murder. <laughs> I mean... Oh, no. I mean, what I meant to say. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, yeah. What? No, what? I I thought that. Uh, ah! I always fall for like parents and teachers being like, if you tell me who did it now, you'll get in less trouble than if I have to find out myself. I am a sucker for that. Yep. I think he went back in time several hundred thousand years and murdered that woman oh. back in the day. Oh. And when they discovered the head, he's like, oh no, they're going to know I did a time crime. What do I do? What do I do? I know. I'll say it was just a normal crime. That's that's not a time crime. That's my wife's head. <laughs> this is like a lasagna lie. They're mm-hmm. just layers and layers to this lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What wicked weaves we web in time crime. A lasagna, if you will. <laughs> oh, I think I might. <laughs> Next one. In this year... The Great Stork Derby began. (laughs) (laughs) It was a contest held in Toronto over a span of 10 years in which women competed to produce the most babies in order to win $750,000 as stipulated in the will of a wealthy lawyer. The prize ended up being split among four women who had nine babies each. I am fascinated at how a byproduct of Ryland's segment is me realizing how buckwild Canada is. <laughs> what are they doing up there? What's going on, neighbor to the north? Were they running out of people? Is that or no? You said it was a stipulation in an old guy's will. Yeah, he died and was like, "Hey, whoever wants my money, they have to have a lot of babies." What kind of a horny freak was like you're welcome here's my gift to you world ladies have as many babies as you want 
You know what it was? He didn't really die. He just went into hiding because he had one of those orphan child powered time machines. He's just trying to find a way to sow the crop of sweet orphan children. All right. Next one. Cliff Young, a 61 year old potato farmer, won a 544 mile endurance race because he ran throughout the night while the younger professional athletes slept. Is this where we get Forrest Gump? Yeah, I bet. <laughs> he stays up all night munching on potatoes while everybody else is sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Run slow and eat potatoes. And the last one. Every new issue of adult magazine Hustler has been sent to all 535 members of Congress since this year. Congress has tried to stop the deliveries, but the U.S. District Court has ruled the delivery cannot be stopped under the First Amendment. You have to get this porn, Congress. What? (laughs) Why does Hustler have it out for Congress? I don't want to do all my Congress material on the podcast, (laughs) but geez, they can't get anything done anyways, fellas. Now you're going to send them Hustler? (laughs) I do wonder why. Like uh, some congressperson saying they've never seen porn in their lives and the hustler's like, oh, well, I'll make sure you have. It's important they be informed. Mm-hmm. I guess. And that was option D. Yeah. So that was the last one. Zuz on Hustler. Zuz on Hustler for Cam. Okay. I already got three B's, baby. I'm the Better Business Bureau. Why not make it a complete hat trick with four B's? I'm going to do B, uh, the baby derby. Everything in this list happened in 1983 except the great stork derby b (laughs) i think i win uh wait before we move on the lawyer charles vance miller he also put in his will he left a vacation home in jamaica to a group of three men who hated each other (laughs) Under the condition that they live in the estate together indefinitely. (laughs) What kind of, yeah, what kind of Mr. Magorium's wondrous will nightmare town? I just, I really want to see that movie of three rich dudes living in a mansion in Jamaica together who all hate each other. Oh, man. I really love his approach to wills, though. Like, (laughs) why not sow as much mayhem and plot points as you can with your last breath? And to the five Canadian twins, I leave the town of Centralia on the condition you live there and be real spooky all the time. God. Oh, that would be such a good way. That'd be a Scooby-Doo episode in the making for sure. Uh, but those four women with the nine babies each, they split the equivalent of $10.5 million. How pissed off do you think each of them were? Oh, great. Nine babies? Really? You had nine babies? Great. And at least they get like 2.5 million bucks for it, but that's still not a lot. Especially now that you have nine babies, it's nothing. Now it's no money. That's barely enough to cover diaper Can you imagine being a woman who had gave birth to eight babies? How (laughs) pissed off are you? Uh, Yeah, I'd be fucking pissed. All right. So since you guys are tied up, I do have a tie. That's right, Dylan. It's a tie. A tie break time capsule. Okay. So. God damn it. Let me crack this open. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in this time capsule, there are three items, one of which came through a wormhole and doesn't belong there. The other two (laughs) were made in the same year. Okay. So here we go. Vibrator. 
espresso machine, and hula hoop. Which one of these does not belong? I say hula hoop. Okay. I'm going to say vibrator. The vibrator made in 1878. The espresso machine made in 1878. The hula hoop, 1958. Cam, you win. Cam, you're the wormhole whacker. (laughs) Congrats. You guys want to know how I know so much about history? It's because I keep going back there trying to kill my grandpa (laughs) and you learn some stuff along the way. Life Pile Podcast is the only podcast that sees your time worm. We want to thank the aliens for the tech. We want to thank the time stream for showing us those creepy monsters who live underground and eat on the normal people who are up above ground. We want to thank Scott Davis for doing the music for our show. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can call in at 720-663-8163. And next week, we are going to have a special secret guest on, and we're going to be talking about biology. Oh. (laughs) So call in and tell us what is your secret biological fact about yourself that is so hot and cool. Or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, you guys can also find us on social media. We are at Lifepile Show on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We get a lot of our listener submissions on Instagram. We've got a great button on our profile you can use to leave us a voicemail. No one will ever pick up, so feel free to call. You'll never have to talk to one of our operators. If you're skittish about that, you can also text the number that's available there. But on a personal note, Skeeter, I know you're out there, Skeeter. I come back, baby, come back. I miss you, Skeeter. I miss your stories. You had those crazy ones about your face falling into your mouth and eating it. You had your other story about hepatitis. I, I know you got a biology story, oh, yeah. Skeeter. Baby, come back. There's something weird about that dude's body. But also, if you're another listener who's got a biology story, call in or leave us a voicemail. That'd be great. Now, if you want to catch us while we're doing our lifestyling work this week, I know you're where you can catch me. I'll be deep in the time machine, opening up a portal all on my grandpa going papa here take this it's a ipad and i already have a facebook profile set up for him and everything and i already have a fake account and i'm cyberbullying him mercilessly every day i'm sending my grandpa back in time cyberbullying messages on facebook until he just can't take it anymore he offs himself paradox solved i'm the best time traveler that ever Yikes. This week, you guys, I've got plans for Friday, and I'm going to be training for them all the live long week. I have been coasting on good looks, my vibrant personality, my knowledge of things that don't have to do with history, but maybe have to do with pop music or television, and it's just not enough to keep the boys interested. But I got a plan, y'all. Friday evening, 3 p.m. in Maggie Daly Park. Catch me at the three-legged race. I'm going to get that medal. I know what boys like. I know what guys want. And uh, for me, uh, this week, I'm going to be doing a little bit of political protesting. So I'm traveling up to Canada to protest at the quintuplet exhibit. Let those women go. This is inhumane. Free babies. Free babies. <laughs> this is life file. Everything's a thing. 